Welcome to The Offer Letter, the podcast designed to help you, the job seeker, to perfect your interview skills. Every episode, we have a special guest here to help us decode a common interview question with me, your host and interview coach, Michael Manzano. Today's question isn't actually a question, but more of a comment, and it's, you don't have enough experience. Most of you probably never directly heard this question, and if you have, then you're probably thinking that it is a pretty disrespectful comment to get in an interview. I mean, shouldn't they have seen your skills in the initial screening? So why are they wasting your time if they're thinking that? You know, recruiters will most likely not say this outright in an interview, but they might have some comments or go along a line of questioning that would strongly suggest they're thinking this. Maybe they say things like, you haven't been in the industry long, or something like this position or industry looks like it would be new to you. And of course, they might just be inquiring, but what if their tone says it all where they seem a little disappointed? I mean, how should you react and is the interview done at that point? Now, today's guest is AJ Eckstein, who leads the coaching team at Career Coaching Company and personally interviews recruiters for a living as the host and the creator of the Final Round podcast, where he speaks with recruiters from top companies like Facebook, LinkedIn, and Airbnb to help you advance past the Final Round interview. So AJ, welcome to the show. I'm so glad to have you on here today. Michael, it's such a pleasure, and I've been a big fan of the offer letter, so thanks so much again. Oh, I'm a big fan of your work too. And you know, it's great to have you on here, get all the knowledge and wisdom and experience that you've got to help out our listeners today. Let's dive right into it. So the first question is, why do recruiters ask this question? So I think the main thing here, especially for some of your younger audience, is how do you get your first internship or first job when you don't have a lot of experience? Really, what can you go off of? I think the most important thing to realize is that this is not a question that you're going to get asked directly, right? No recruiter or hiring manager is going to basically say, Michael, you know, why don't you have enough experience? They're never going to ask you that. Hmm. But as they're asking you other questions, they're going to, in their head or either as a point of feedback, understand that maybe you don't have, you know, experience that directly correlates to make you, you know, a relevant candidate for this, for this position. So just know that they're not going to ask you that point blank. But I think they, they're going to try to figure out what candidate does have the ideal experience so that the hiring manager who maybe does um, end up extending an offer, they, you know, recruiting is a risk, right? And it's a huge investment for companies. So the worst thing that will happen is they spend a ton, they spend millions of dollars on recruiting. And then when you actually start the job, you just have no idea what you're doing. You're a bad fit and you end up, you know, getting pushed out of the company. So they want to make sure to, to really mitigate their risk by finding someone who is really experienced. So if you're going for a software engineering role, if you can't prove to me that you are able to code in maybe Python or C++, which is exactly the two languages that you code for in this software engineering role, that is a risk. So I'll, I'll talk about, you know, in the next, the next question, some tips and tricks. Experience can be quite a few things. I know here in Canada, one thing that I do hear quite a bit from newcomers to Canada is that you don't have like Canadian experience but maybe they've got lots of experience in that specific industry. Maybe in coding, they've got lots of experience from back home. But when they come to Canada, they don't have Canadian experience. You, I mean, you could be green in any different way. It might be actually having that kind of experience in the industry. It might just be you know, not having experience in the country. 
or it could be maybe not having experience in the, the same culture that they have. The tech industry is very different from the oil and gas industry. Not having enough experience could mean quite a different things for different people. So what are some tips and tricks that you can use, AJ, to answer this question? So I've tried to boil it down to six main tips and tricks for the audience of the offer letter. Um, so starting with the first one, student organizations. Getting involved on campus is truly one of the best ways to get real-world experience without actually going out and getting a job. And I'll talk about that in a second. The second is having on-campus jobs or some sort of entry-level job. And I'm not talking about going through a really intense recruitment process like you are for your full-time job, but something that's probably part-time that's either on campus, like working at the local credit union, working at one of the local restaurants, or just really any other, let's say, minimum wage job. The third one is interning during the school year, uh, especially with startups. I think so many candidates, especially myself when I was going through the recruitment process, are so focused on these big names, um, like the Googles, the Facebooks, the Amazons of the world, that they neglect looking at startups, which don't oftentimes have the resources to have a dedicated recruiting team that could go do on-campus events and, and host events as student organizations. But if you reach out to them and make a really tailored message, it's really not that hard to intern at startups. And you oftentimes will learn more than you do in a corporate internship. Then for number four, virtual work experiences. And I think the best company is actually called Forage. They were uh, formerly known as Inside Sherpa. And it's completely free for students. And it's I think it's three to six hour online courses specific to companies. So if you're recruiting for Accenture, they actually have one where Accenture has a partnership with Forage. And you can take a virtual work experience to learn more about consulting, specifically at Accenture. It's a great way to stand a little bit more above uh, your fellow peers. Uh, number five are online courses, especially for those roles that are a little bit more technical, whether it is banking and you need to have your finance and Excel skills, or if it's software engineering where you need to learn how to code. These are a great, great way to actually put it on your LinkedIn as well and show that you are certified in a certain skill. And I think the best courses for your audience to write down or look up after this, after this uh, episode are three, uh, one being LinkedIn Learning, two being Coursera, and three being Udemy. Um, and the prices vary, um, but I think those are a great way to get certified in a certain skill to show that you have experience to be, let's say, a software engineer. And the last one, and this is arguably the easiest one, but people don't treat it like real experience, is class projects. So, you know, I think the best example here is... I was in an accounting class at USC and our final project was working with three other students at USC in our classroom, comparing two publicly traded companies, going through their 10Ks, which is what every public company needs to share every quarter, and talking about how they compare going over different financial ratios and doing a deep dive into the accounting of these companies. And if I'm going and, and recruiting for either a finance or accounting internship and or, or job, and I've never had relevant experience, this is actually a great way because it's almost like a mini internship. And you can, again, you're not going to lie and say that it wasn't a class project. It is a class project, but just talk about the team dynamic. Talk about how this is similar to what you'll be doing on the job and talk about how this is extremely relevant and maybe how you looked at the financial ratios for Tesla and you are recruiting for Tesla. So I'd say those are the six main tips and tricks to really help you answer that you don't have enough experience. Oh, and I love it. I mean, just getting out there doing stuff that is always great experience. And I mean, you, you also want to remember volunteering. You know, it doesn't always have to be on campus, but volunteering in your community. Maybe you've got a church group or some community group or 
somewhere out in the community that you're able to just volunteer your time. That is also great experience as well. As AJ said, recruiters aren't going to just outright say you don't have enough experience or very few recruiters are going to do that, but you are going to get that vibe. They are going to have some questions along that line asking you like, why don't you have enough experience? So instead of giving it an example, or if you do have an example, that would be great. But how could you respond to something like this? If it's kind of happening throughout the interview and you get that sort of feeling that they don't trust your, your skills and experience, then what would you do? How would you respond to this? Absolutely. So I think the best example that I could share is, so I actually previously interned at the Walt Disney Company on a program called the Business Leader Rotation Program. And when I was recruiting for this, you know, obviously Disney is such an incredible company, one of the leading companies in media entertainment, and it really was a a dream company. And when I tried to understand who I was up against, I knew that they were extremely qualified candidates, not just at USC, but really across, across the world. So I, I looked at my own application, my own resume and said, how could I jump off the page? And I didn't really have a top internship at a big name prior to Disney. I didn't have, you know, traditional consulting experience. I was just another student, you know, from what I thought initially. But as I did some more digging and learned more about myself and, and stopped for a second and look at all of that I've done, you know, I relaunched an organization called the Latino Business Student Association. As the president, I actually led an executive board of over 15 members. I worked with recruiters at top companies, and we were able to get about $10,000 in sponsorship uh, money for the organization. We also grew the organization to one of the largest organizations on campus. So right there, again, it wasn't a traditional internship or job. It was all, you know, it's like unpaid volunteering on campus, but talking about making an impact, talking about being a leader on campus, about doing something that other people aren't taking initiative was one of my main talking points going for this interview. I was also part of an organization called the Marshall Case Team, where I was the case team lead. And we actually would travel around the world to compete against other top business schools. And I know, Michael, you're from Canada. We're actually supposed to compete at UBC, University of British Columbia, uh, but the uh, actual competition got um, canceled due to COVID. Um, So, you know, but talking about how that was a big part of my leadership skills and how I want to directly translate those skills to what I would be doing at Disney. Um, So those are just two examples of student organizations, but I also spoke about my class projects, how even though I wasn't maybe in a, you know, a designated leader, I stepped up to the plate and was the main person who maybe presented our project uh, in the classroom or spoke to the professor or did more of the work than other people. So just trying to think of ways that you can give examples of leadership skills without having it be a direct internship or job that's extremely relevant to the company. There, There are two words that you did say there, and one was leadership. You showed lots of leadership in your experience. And another one was impact. So talking about those two things in uh, your example, showing what kind of impact you made in your school, in your college, your community, as well as how did you lead your team, your group, maybe even your friends lead in projects. It's always great to show in your interview. AJ, I know that you are a leader. You've got lots of stuff on the go. So why don't you tell us about some of the projects you're working on and how can people learn more about what you're doing? Absolutely. So on the topic of leadership, uh, one of my main things right now is I am leading the team at the final round, which is uh, your go-to career platform for everything career-related to help get you past the final round interview. We have a podcast called The Final Round on Apple and Spotify. Um, and it's it's amazing. It's an amazing podcast, very similar to The Offer Letter. And you know, if you haven't realized, Michael does a ton of research on his guests, and that's what we try to do as well. Have an amazing experience for not only the guests, 
but also for you know our audience and our listeners. And you know, with the final round, our main initiatives are our podcast, um, the videos that we put out um, on different media uh, platforms, uh, as well as our newsletter. And the way that we really di- differentiate our content is: season one, we interview recruiters; season two, we interview hiring managers; in season three, we interview people who have had amazing success stories. So be sure to check out the Final Round podcast and just go to thefinalround.com to check us out. It's completely free. And again, our goal is to help you get past the Final Round interview. And then to compare that to Michael's to also help you get the offer letter. And you know what? Like hosts are going to say that they've got an awesome podcast. Yeah, I say I got an awesome podcast. But AJ's podcast, the Final Round, really is an awesome podcast. I mean, check those out. We're going to have links to that in the description. But the people that he interviews, the way that he interviews, his style, it's, it's amazing. I mean, he's speaking to, you know, recruiters at Wix. He speaks to Wall Street Journal bestsellers. He speaks to recruiters at Boston Consulting Group. He's got lots of people on there. And if you really want to get how these people are thinking, how those recruiters are thinking, getting those kinds of answers, then definitely check out the final round so that you can make it to the final round of your interview. AJ, hey, I always appreciate you coming on to the podcast here and I love it when you come on here. So thank you so much for being on today and you know, giving us all those tips and tricks. It was my pleasure, Michael, and I can't wait for your audience to not only get past the final round interview, but also land the offer letter. And thank you to our listeners for joining us today on the offer letter. Remember to subscribe on your favorite podcast platform so you can get the latest episodes. My name is Michael Manzano and join us next time as we decode another interview question so you can get your offer letter.